You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be looking ahead to Arsenal versus Norwich. We're going to be reacting to Mikel Arteta's press conference in which he discussed a number of topics, including the latest team news. He talked about Tomiyasu and the situation around his work permit. He talked about the possibility or the fact that the door is open to Jack Wilshire. Uh, to come back and train with the club. We'll be talking about the fact he says there's no more excuses and now Arsenal have the tools they need to make things work. So plenty to get into during this episode. Big hello to everybody who's currently watching us live and to those of you who'll be watching or listening to this back later on. I hope you're all well. Um, Sunshine's gone away here in London and uh, I think it's going to be a little while before we get it back again looking at the weather forecast. But it is what it is. The good news is that Premier League football is just around the corner again. Now, I know it's been a really, really difficult start to the season as Arsenal fans. In fact, it's been a horrible start to the season that, you know, there's no getting around that. But it does really feel like now is the time for Arsenal to kickstart their season. Now, am I saying that what happened in the first three weeks was acceptable? Absolutely not. I expected Arsenal to at least have three points at this point, which is not many more than we've actually got big fat zero but it's still more than zero um so look I, I was looking at the fixtures at the start of the season and again you know people would take this as me excusing Arsenal for poor displays poor performances that is absolutely not what I'm doing uh but it does feel like this is the point from which we can really try and kick on now almost kind of got a write off what happened previously and just move forward now. Focus on Norwich, get three points against Norwich, go to Burnley, pick up another three points there. And if we can win the North London derby as well off the back of that, we then play Brighton, which is another winnable fixture. And if Arsenal can amass 12 points, I know that's a big ask given what we've seen from Arsenal in the early stages of this season, but the outlook would be very, very different at that point. And I talked yesterday about how much, in my opinion, um, you know, the, the kind of mood around football can swing so quickly. And if you could go on a four-game uh, winning streak now, then that would really turn things around. Um, I know it's a big ask. I know it's a tall order, but they're not games that are impossible. Like, games that are impossible to me with this current Arsenal side are games like the one against Chelsea, Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea, European champions, games like going away to Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. I and mean, we talked a lot about the, the decisions Mikel made, um, you know, in that game and, and in the lead up to that game and how some of them proved to be wrong. Absolutely, they did. But losing that wasn't a disgrace. The way we did was was the issue, I think, for a lot of people. So let's focus on the now. I know there's a lot of negativity around the club at the moment and for good reason in the most part. But come on, let's focus on Norwich. Let's go out there. Let's get three points. Let's move on to Burnley. Let's take on uh, Tottenham Hotspur in the derby. Hopefully pick up three points there in front of our own fans. And then we can look at that Brighton game. And all of a sudden, if we could pick up that run of results, 
going into the next international break, as I say, the outlook can look very, very different. Uh, <laughs> Andreas in the chat says, uh, Harry, you seem happy. You must have had a few beers. I've actually had no beers uh, today. I'm off to play football tonight. I play football on Thursday nights now. So uh, no drinking. I had a beer last night when I was watching the football, but not today. Uh, not today. Not yet anyway. Uh, right. Let's uh, let's dive in then to Mikel Arteta's press conference in which, as I say, he discussed a number of topics. Let me share the screen uh, for those of you that are watching us uh, via the video platforms. Uh, on the latest team news, he talked about uh, a lot of people being back. He said that Thomas Partey's back. We know that Ben White's back. We know that Gabriel's back. Those are the significant ones. Talked about Ser Kalasinac uh, being one of the doubts and obviously Granit Xhaka's unavailable. Uh, he's still in Switzerland having contracted COVID, but of course he'll be serving um, that ban anyway, following his sending off at Manchester City. If we take it a little bit further forward, I'm not going to go through every single question, right? Because it was a long podcast. Podcast. I'm so obsessed with podcasts. It was a long press conference uh, that Mikel Arteta gave, slightly longer than normal, actually, for the recorded part. Normally, they keep that quite condensed and then they do another bit for the written press. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of pick out the key points here and then we can have a bit of a discussion around some of them. Uh, he was asked if the Norwich game is a must-win game and he says it always is at Arsenal. The pressure is always there to be as high as possible in the league table. We need the first win and we're going to play in front of our fans after a disappointing start. So it is down to us to provide everything we have performance-wise to earn the result that we want. So Mikel Arteta not shying away uh, from that. Um, he was asked on how important it is to deliver a good performance. So aside from the result, you know, how important is it that Arsenal give a good performance? And he said he just wants to focus on the performance because with that, more often than not, right, results will come. Um, he said everybody talks about winning, but you have to earn the right to do that. And unfortunately, in the last three games, we've done basic things uh, that haven't allowed us to win games like we'd want. If we do those things right, we'll be much closer to winning football matches and that will be that will bring, sorry, momentum and change. Uh, let's move a little bit further forward down the press conference. He was asked a little bit about the Ainsley-Maitland-Niles situation. Now, remember, Ainsley-Maitland-Niles made this really public plea, didn't he, to get out of the football club. So, what exactly went on between Mikel Arteta and Ainsley Maitland-Niles? Well, just as we suspected, Mikel Arteta was not going to reveal all. He did say any private conversations with the player on the roles we believe he can have in the team are always discussed openly, but privately, if that makes sense. And that is how we resolve the matters. I'm happy he stayed. That was our intention. And he's another player in the squad. So Mikel Arteta refusing to be uh, drawn on that. Uh, he was also asked about Takahiro Tomiyasu. Now, of course, he was due to return to London Colney today. That's Thursday. But there are concerns or there were worries about his work permit. Now, I haven't heard anything different uh, since that press conference went out. But by the time this podcast reaches you, perhaps that situation may have changed or may have been resolved. But at the time of recording, Mikel Arteta made the point that Arsenal are still waiting on the work permit. Uh, he said the club is trying hard to achieve that in the next couple of hours. He's back in the country. I will meet him for the first time today, probably, and train with him, see how he is and get a feel for it. He's been playing, so he should be completely fit. And yeah, we've been impressed. That's the reason we decided to sign him. Uh, moving uh, further on, he was asked about that vaccination question again, you know, and that all stemmed from, from Granit Xhaka post and Jose Mourinho commenting about, uh, you know, the fact that Granite Xhaka needs to get the vaccine. Look, 
I think we're heading in a direction now where without a vaccine, it's going to make your life really difficult. There are going to be limitations on travel and various other bits and pieces. But even though I think that people should get the vaccine, I appreciate that people have a different view on that and people are entitled to have their own view on that. And Mikel Arteta uh, also made that point. You know, he made the point that, yeah, we're advising them that it's the thing to do and that there will be limitations, restrictions in place as a result of players not doing it. However, it is a personal choice. And, you know, I've got a lot of friends that don't want to do it, um, you know, and, and that's their choice. You know, I, my opinion is that you should and that, you know, there isn't enough to suggest that it is a problem, but it's your body. It's your, you know, it's your property. You can do whatever the hell you want to do with it. And um, and I think Mikel Arteta is in an p- awkward position here because he keeps getting asked this question about whether players should all be vaccinated, whether that should be kind of enforced. Uh, but actually, that's stepping out of the realms of football, isn't it? It's a personal matter uh, from which, you know, is a personal matter in which you can't really push people to do something they don't want to do. Um, he was asked a little bit about uh, the changes to the squad. He said, we have a completely different squad with a number of changes that you mentioned. You can tell that is unheard of. Now we have the tools. This is a key bit. Now we have the tools that we believe are going to give us the best opportunity to compete in the way we want and build what we want to build in this project. And now we have to make it work. We have to glide it together. I'm not sure he meant that, but we need to create relationships, chemistry, understanding, and we have to adapt and we have to do that really quickly. So Mikel Arteta almost, you know, waving away all the excuses there and saying, look, we've got what we needed. We've got what we wanted in the transfer market. Edu said it in his recent interview that Arsenal had done not quite 100%, but nearly 100% of the business that they wanted to do over the summer. Therefore, now's the time. You know, now's the time to judge. The transfer window's closed. The majority of our uh, strongest team are available now, and we've got to push forward. You've got to expect from Arsenal now a significant improvement, a vast improvement that will see us over the next few weeks, hopefully push back up the table and get to somewhere a little bit more like where we want to end up because being rock bottom of the league uh, is not helping. It's not helping whatsoever. Uh, He was asked about Tommy Yasu um, and and the signing and he talked a little bit about the fact that, um, that he can play across the back line, which we all know. And he talks about the fact that he can give different qualities in that right back position as a player that we followed for a long time. He never said that Tommy Asu would be used as a centre-back because I know there's been a lot of debate about where exactly this guy's best position is, how exactly he'll fit into the team. And the fact that the, the way, if you actually watch or listen to the press conference, the way the question was put across was, what will he bring you at right back? And Mikel Arteta didn't deny that. So I think we can probably take from that that, Yes, he can play all across the back line, but he has been brought in to play at right back and that will be his primary position, which should hopefully settle that uh, for a few people. Uh, moving on, he was asked about Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Um, he says uh, he talked about Ainsley Maitland-Niles and he talked about his um, his versatility because... A lot has kind of been made of, of the Maitland-Niles situation. You know, a lot of us have seen the interviews, read the interviews in the past where Ainsley Maitland-Niles has said, actually, I don't want to play as a fullback. I want to be a centre midfielder. It's largely why 
He chose to join West Bromwich Albion over a number of other sides who were interested at the time. And then this report came out, didn't it? As soon as Ainsley Maitland-Niles had made that public kind of cry out for help on social media when he wanted to leave the club, that actually, according to David Unstein, he'd have been happy to play it right back all along. Mikel Arteta talked about his versatility. He says that he's got a unique quality in the sport. Um, his versatility to play in many positions uh, is that unique quality, and he needs to become the best at doing that as it's something very rare in football, which reading between the lines suggests um, that Arsenal have uh, had that conversation with Ainsley Maitland-Niles and that's the way they're going to proceed with him. So we've talked a lot in the last few days about whether him uh, staying at the club means he is going to be given a shot in midfield. But looking at this today and listening to this today from Mikel Arteta, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. It feels as though uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles has been told, listen, you're going to be the utility man. You're going to play on the right. You're going to play on the left. You're going to play in the middle, depending on what the squad needs. Um, don't know if Maitland-Niles will be particularly chuffed with that, but there you go. Uh, he was also asked about um, Reese Nelson going out on loan. Of course, he's joined Dutch football. He says it's been a difficult year for him. He has enormous quality and he needs to show it. He's at the right age now uh, to prove what he can do and we wish him all the best. Uh, I guess the rest of it is pretty... Um, pretty. I don't want to say insignificant, um, but... I guess I just want to pick out a couple more points rather than kind of focusing in on every single question that he was asked. He was asked about Hector Bellerin, and this was one of the more interesting parts of the press conference, I felt. And we talked, didn't we, during the transfer window about the fact that I felt that had, uh, if Arsenal got to the point of the end of the transfer window and nothing had come in that met the club's kind of, um, you know, hopes for Hector Bellerin in terms of a fee, Arsenal would do the right thing and let Hector Bellerin leave. Now, why would Arsenal do that? Because he's been a good servant to the club for a number of years. A lot of fans are divided on Hector Bellerin. Some think he's great. Some think he's awful. But the issue here is that his relationship with the club has always been very, very good. Okay. And for the club will not take fan opinion into account when making a decision like that. They will be taking into account how Hector Bellerin has operated as an Arsenal player for all of these years and the relationship that he currently has with them. And we knew that Hector Bellerin wanted to leave prior to this summer. We knew that Hector Bellerin wanted a new challenge. And Mikel Arteta basically confirmed that in Thursday's press conference when he said... He's been here a long time and he's been a really important part of everything that happened at the club in the last 10 years. He's an exceptional player, but an incredible person and he will be missed. To find somebody like Hector is not easy. He's been raised here with us and he's loved by everyone at the football club. I have to say goodbye with sadness, but at the same time, I had to understand his position. He needed a new challenge. He's needed a new challenge for a while. And after discussing it for a long time, we decided to let him go because we believe it was the right thing for him as well. Uh, they tried to press Mikel Arteta on who the central defensive uh, partnership would be. Would it be White and Gabriel? And he said they are one of the options. Didn't really give away uh, too much more. Confirmed that uh, Emil Smith-Rowe is carrying an illness uh, and is, um, is, is a doubt for the Norwich game, but he did say we'll see how he goes in the next couple of days. Uh, and the final kind of point that I wanted to touch on from the press conference before we dive into some of your questions and thoughts in the chat box, which, by the way, get them in. 
start popping them in now so that there's plenty for me to jump onto uh, when we finish this little bit. Uh, he was asked about Jack Wilshire. Now, of course, Jack Wilshire is at a bit of a crossroads. You know, he's been training with Como in uh, in Italy, but they couldn't sign him because they didn't have any more uh, foreign slots. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Arsenal potentially bringing Jack Wilshire back. Listen, I'm not a fan of the idea of bringing Jack Wilshire back as a player. I, I just, it's, it would be one done purely out of nostalgia rather than sense. Um, that's not to say Jack Wilshire's a bad footballer. I, I genuinely and truly do believe that he was a very, very talented footballer. It's just fitness has been a big problem for him and it's hindered him in, in many, many ways. But I've got no objection to Jack Wilshire coming back and training with the club so that he can stay fit, so that he can, um, you know, at least showcase himself to be training at a high level uh, with regards to, to getting any deals elsewhere. But Mikel Arteta was asked on that. And if there would be, ever be a chance of him training with Arsenal, he said he's someone that I know that I shared a dressing room with. He's so loved around the club with every person here. Our doors are always open. So Mikel Arteta making it clear he would have no objection and no issue with Jack Wilshire uh, coming in uh, to train, to train at London Colney with the team. Right, there we go. That concludes the key points from Mikel Arteta's press conference today, given ahead of that visit of Norwich City this weekend. It's a massive, massive game for Arsenal. And we was on the 90 Min show, uh, the gas tank earlier on today, and I was asked if this was a relegation six-pointer. And obviously, half of that question was was posed to me in jest. And the other half was was actually based on the fact that we are bottom of the league. And, you know, we are playing another team that uh, around that part of the league. And my response, which I think was a fair response, was it's not a relegation six-pointer, but it is a Mikel Arteta six-pointer, i.e. it's a six-pointer for Mikel Arteta not because I actually fear Arsenal will be relegated this season. But Mikel Arteta is under a lot of pressure. And this is the kind of fixture that however much goodwill you've got with the fans, which Mikel Arteta has very little of at the moment, you need to be winning. If you have aspirations of qualifying for Europe, of of pushing the top six, pushing the top four even, Arsenal need to be beating the likes of Norwich at home. I think in a lot of people's eyes, they are a team you know, who who could go down quite easily. I know they've had a decent summer in terms of transfers. I think they've reinvested some of the money that they brought in uh, from Emi Buendia really well. Um, but this is the kind of game that Arsenal simply have to win. There is no excuses. And, and that leads me quite nicely, actually, into Don Saki's uh, question in the chat where he says, I'm confident we beat uh, Norwich, but it, I'm confident that we'll beat Norwich. But if we do lose to them, what would you do if you were the, the director of football in the club? <sighs> I think if we lost to Norwich, then you'd have to sack him. You know, I, I just, I think a lot of the the plan that Arsenal have implemented this summer with regards to getting certain players out or trying to get certain players out, I know they would have liked, I know for a fact they would have liked to have done more of that but they haven't. But the signings that they've done are the signings that fit the club's strategy, which is to build for the longer term future. And in many ways, a lot of those signings could prove to be good signings, regardless of whether Mikel Arteta is still at the helm. So players of that age, players of that profile, players on that wage are players who 
a new manager could come in and potentially work with. So I know I've said that I feel like Arsenal have backed him a lot, not just in terms of what they've done in the transfer market with bringing people in, but backed his decision to terminate contracts of certain players that he felt were a problem in and around the dressing room to send William Saliba out on loan again, despite Arsenal paying uh, such a lot of money for him in the first place. I think that the, the club have backed Mikel Arteta in a lot of ways, not just in the transfer market, but in terms of some of the decisions he's made. And ultimately, you know, if we're being completely honest, there have been a lot of opportunities or moments where if he'd have been sacked, very few would have had uh, anything to complain about. So I think they have backed him. I find it really difficult to get my head around this notion that if we lose one more game, he'll be sacked. But I feel like the the opinion and the kind of, and, and to a degree as a football club, you've got to be able to block out the noise when it's unjustified. But if we were to lose to Norwich, it would be four defeats out of four, two of which were against promoted sides, then you would have to, you know, you'd have to seriously consider pulling the trigger. Um, and, and I don't think, you know, you could defend a result like that. That's why I say it's a Mikel Arteta six-pointer rather than a relegation six-pointer. It really does uh, feel like that to me uh, at this moment in time. Uh, let's uh, let's move uh, forward uh, through the live chat box. Uh, Steve Stone says... Um, Harry, if we fail to beat Norwich, do you feel the Burnley game will be too much of a mountain to climb off the back of it? Burnley are one of those sides that if we're at 100%, if we're performing to our level, we should beat them. We should have beaten them away uh, at Turf Moor last season. Um, obviously, we made some stupid errors like we, we do so often. But we were the better team for the most part and we came away without the desired result. So... Burnley's one of those games where if you're at 100% and you take your opportunities, you beat them and, and you beat them nine times out of 10. But if you're even just slightly under par, just slightly below your maximum level, they are a side that can make football matches very, very difficult for you. Um, you know, it's a trip up north. It's not the most kind of uh, glamorous place in the Premier League. It's a very different challenge. You know, from a Sean Dyche side, you'll get a lot of commitment, a lot of energy, a lot of fight, a lot of battle. And Arsenal, in years gone by, have struggled to cope with those kinds of teams. So I think if we lost to Norwich, then, you know, obviously you'd go into that Burnley game and anything other than a win there to kind of turn it around, then, you know, adds pressure again. But it's not the kind of fixture you want to go in off the back of a uh, of dropping points at home to Norwich. Look, I don't think we are going to drop points, okay? I really don't. Um so I'm not I'm not stressing about that. Uh Matt G says uh Harry, how many times this season do you think we'll say this is the most important game of our season? Yeah, uh, a few. Um a few. And and I guess look, Matt, the the issue here is that we're coming into this off the back of three consecutive defeats. I think if Mikel Arteta goes on a run and picks up, you know, let's say for argument's sake, four wins on the spin, then all of a sudden that pressure is relieved. It doesn't completely go away, but it's relieved at least temporarily. And and that means that there is, you know, people, if you win four games on the trot and then you go and draw uh, your fifth one, nobody's going to say you should be sacked necessarily because, 
you'll look at the bigger picture. You'd like to think people would look at the bigger picture anyway. Uh, but that's that's where I'm at. I think there will be times where we say it is the biggest game of the season, but Mikel Arteta can stop that happening and Arsenal can stop that happening by winning football matches a lot more frequently. Uh, Khalid says, uh, did you see Matt Letizia's comments on Arsenal? Yeah, he talked, didn't he, about, um, he talked about how, uh, uh, the, the problem is not Mikel Arteta, that it's the players, it's the dressing room and that he's heard that from a contact from a friend. Listen, I'm always wary of of kind of, of believing stuff like that when it doesn't come from a particularly strong source. I mean, what's Matt Letizia got to do with Arsenal? And actually, do you know what? I met Matt Letizia once and I found him incredibly rude and cold. Um so he's not my favourite person in the world. He was a great player. I got a lot of respect for him as a footballer, but as a man, not a big fan. Um, I've got to be honest. So, uh, yeah, let's see uh, what else uh, we've got here uh, in the uh, live chat box. Wow. Um, wow. Massive super chat donation that from Jamal Abdul. Uh, he says, Harry, I'm a Chelsea fan. My question to you is, why did Arteta play Kanasadac at centre-back when KT should have been? Why was Lokonga your best midfield for the first two games? Dropped that City. Why is Arteta not decided on his best right-back changing it? He has signed up to 23 players. He has signed up 23 players and Arsenal have got worse. First of all, Jamal, massive, massive thank you uh, for that donation because that is a huge donation. Um, if it was a mistake, if you meant to put £5 instead of £50, please hit me up um, on on Twitter at Harry Simeon and I'll sort that out for you um, if that was the case. If, if, if it isn't a mistake, thank you so, so much. Um, I appreciate any donation anyway, but like when people make donations like that, I feel a little bit like, whoa, um, like a little bit uneasy, maybe that maybe it was a mistake. And if it is, I don't want you to be embarrassed, uh, to come and tell me and I will, uh, I'll, I'll sort that out for you. Uh, but thank you so much. And lots of good points there. You know, the Kolasinac thing baffled a lot of us, didn't it? Uh, Conga being left out baffled us, but I guess that was due to the game plan of putting Odegaard in that deeper position. Didn't work. Uh, but there was obviously a, a method to that bit of, of Mikel Arteta's madness. The right back thing, um, you know, I think he's got his right back now in, in uh, Tommy Asu, which would be class. Um, and, and I agree, look, we've brought in a lot of players and the improvement hasn't really been there. It's been a big turnaround um, of players and, and Mikel Arteta talked about that today, didn't he, in his press conference, um, which, uh, yeah, which is um, fantastic. Uh I say fantastic, but, you know, it's it's good to hear that, you know, Arsenal recognise that they've turned over a lot of players and that they've got a big problem or that they've had problems in, in managing that huge turnover and also keeping the level of the squad, um, you know, at, or, or keeping the level of performance where it needs to be. Uh, Stephen Jacob says, hi, Harry, love your content from Melbourne, Australia. Big shout out to all our Australian viewers and listeners. He says, what's our chances this season, top six or top 10? I think we could finish in the top six. I still think it's possible, but there is obviously far less room for error than there was at the start of the season because we've already lost three games. But it's a very competitive Premier League. There'll be a lot of clubs in that race that will take points off of each other. And if Arsenal can find any sort of consistency, consistency like we found in the second half of last season, I know in a lot of people's eyes it still wasn't good enough, 
But when you looked at that table in the second half of the season, I know you're probably sick to death of hearing about this. Arsenal were one of the best performing sides in the PL. So if we could manage or maintain that level for at least, you know, we did it for half the season. If we could do it for two thirds of the season this time, then we stand in in really good stead uh, or, or, you know, we stand a great chance, sorry, of um, of, of achieving that. Uh, let's see uh, what else we've got here. Uh, everybody giving a big shout out to Jamal. Respect to Jamal. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um, what else have we got? Uh, let me just pick up a question uh, from Andras, who says, why was Mavropanos not given uh, a chance or has he not been given a chance? Um, uh, it's, it's a hard one, that, for me. Um, because when I think about when I think about what he's shown in his career so far, I don't have confidence that he is going to go on to be a Premier League level defender. And it's not just about being a Premier League level defender. It's about being an elite Premier League level defender because that's what we're aspiring to. I think he's a decent player. Um, you know, I think he's he's a little bit raw. I think he's your typical Greek defender, if that makes sense. He is somebody who is physical, is strong, is committed, but lacks technical ability, I think. I don't think he's very good at bringing the ball out. I don't think he's very good at playing progressive passes. And those are the things that I just don't feel fit in with what it is Mikel Arteta is trying to do. He's not someone who's worth an incredible amount of money. Um, I'd still, like, if you look at him now, in comparison to our centre-backs currently, I don't think he's Gabriel level. I don't think he's Ben White level. I wouldn't even put him at Rob Holding level in terms of trusting him in a big game. Um, And, you know, then if you're loaning out Saliba, how do you justify him coming in? So I understand why Arsenal have have let him go to Stuttgart. It looks like that deal is going to become permanent. He's a player that Sven Mislintat loved anyway, and he's got the opportunity now to have him at Stuttgart. So I just think it's a good move. Uh, for everybody. Uh, Jamal responding says, thank you, chat. I'm not rich. It's something I've wanted to do um, for Harry. Unfortunately, not enough characters to write my full question. So 50 quid to do it. Uh, so be it. Mate, I had no idea that super the value of your super chat um, dictates how many characters you're allowed to write. But mate, thank you uh, so, so much, man. Really, really appreciate it. Um, thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, honestly, it means the world to me. And and you guys supporting the channel and supporting the podcast, whether it be by, via Super Chats, whether it be via the membership, whether it be by simply hitting the like button and subscribing to the channel, um, is why I'm able to commit so much time, um, you know, to this podcast because... I've got that support, which as a freelancer gives me that little bit more freedom, doesn't it? Because I'm having to spend less time doing other work or, or looking for other work or, you know, making sure that I'm kind of uh, keeping people happy. Whereas for me, this is my passion project. The Chronicles of Aguna is what I want to do. You know, that, that this is my thing, my baby, my project. And I don't want to do other things if I can help it. I like doing some other things, of course. But, um, you know, this is this is for me what I want to be my bread and butter. So, um, you know, donations like that, which I'm incredibly grateful for and don't expect, by the way, um, uh, you know, really make a difference. So thank you uh, so, so much, mate. Um, Thank you. Right. uh, Just a quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, because there's nearly 300 of you 
watching us live at the moment, uh, please do hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Uh, Want to get to 16.5K on YouTube ASAP. Uh, we've got 70 likes on the board now. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to get that up to 100 uh, because there is more than enough of you watching. In fact, we should be exceeding that. Uh, so yeah, get involved. Hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel uh, if you are new. Uh, Jay Judas says, uh, what's your starting 11 against Norwich? Well, I'm not going to reveal that because that would spoil my show tomorrow, uh, which is going to be uh, my 11 and prediction and thoughts ahead of that big game against Norwich City. I feel weird as an Arsenal fan saying the big game against Norwich City, but it really is a big game for Mikel Arteta. It's a really big game for the fans. Um, we've had a couple of weeks off to kind of mull over what's happened in the uh, first half of the uh, first few games of the season. I normally don't like um I normally don't like doing um I, I normally don't like international breaks is the point I'm trying to get to just confused I, I, sometimes I start reading the comments and I lose my trail of thought uh I I don't like international breaks ordinarily but in this instance it's given Arsenal the opportunity to um you know to get players back to take stock and to hopefully bounce back stronger. So fingers crossed, uh, we'll see the benefits of that. It has been difficult from a content perspective, but it's also been difficult because we ended it on such a negative with that game against Man City that you've almost had loads of time to talk about it, think about it, and almost wind yourself up to almost in many ways make the situation seem worse than it actually is. Uh, but yeah, thank you uh, for your question, mate. Um, stay tuned bringing you that tomorrow. Uh, Lompre says, will you be making more appearances on AFTV? So I did a little interview with uh, Robbie um, the other day on Robbie's press pass section, which is only on AFTV VIP. Um, it's a completely separate show and it is uh, it is one where he talks to journalists um, and, and Robbie asked me to go on it. And, and listen, look, I've in the past, I've not always been uh, a big fan of some of the content that AFTV have put out. I still think some of it could be better. I still think some of it could be improved. And I'm not ashamed to say that. I would say it to Robbie because he's that kind of guy. He's a good guy. He'll, you know, he'll listen. Um, and he, even if he, you know, doesn't agree, I'm sure he takes all feedback on board. But for me, I think it's really important at a time like this to be getting those messages across, to be not telling people what they should think, but to try and put some of the fires out in and around the fan base, because I do feel like we've turned the situation, although it's bad, into a worse one than it actually is. And I think the constant negative rhetoric around Arsenal Football Club, I don't know about you guys, but it really it affects my enjoyment of following the football club. And then when I'm celebrating goals, I'm celebrating goals, not because I'm happy, because I'm basically wanting to tell the people that have nothing better to do in life than complain where to stick it. So I think it's important that that platforms like that, which is massive and has a massive influence. A lot of people don't watch it at all. And there are a lot of people that do watch it. And I think a platform like that has a responsibility, given its size, to, to present different points of view um, and sometimes more balanced points of view. So that's where I am. Uh, on that and look, if I get asked to go on again and and it's not shouting and it's talking and it's like that I'm happy to do it um I am happy to do it uh let's take this one from 
Zoxolo Radu, have I said that, mate? I'm so sorry if I've said your name uh, wrong. Joining us from South Africa says, great work you are doing, Harry. Objectivism, objectivism, can't even speak, uh, with love from South Africa. Uh, thank you so much, mate. Really, really appreciate your kind words. Uh, Afsa says, Harry, there is nothing to enjoy about watching Arsenal. Yeah, look, there isn't at the moment, okay? But it's part of being a football fan. There are ups and there are downs. I'm spoiled. I got to watch Arsenal in the peak of their powers when I was growing up. I got to go into school every single Monday, pretty much, with a big grin on my face and take the piss out of everybody else. And now the shoe is on the other foot. Now things are different. Arsenal is struggling. Football happens in cycles. And your love for your club that you build up over a long time never disappears. It shouldn't disappear anyway. And yeah, there will be turbulent periods. This is certainly one of them. But, you know, if, as I was saying to the guys on 90 Min earlier today, if you don't go to a football match with some optimism or positivity around what you might see, then what is the point in going? It's almost like, wait, like if I woke up on Saturday with the viewpoint of, oh, we're going to get battered and this is going to be a miserable day, then what would be the point in me going? Like football is, as important as it is, football is a game and it is a hobby for us. And it is something that I'm lucky enough has become part of my livelihood, but I still, and I think I've done this a little bit more in the last year or so where I have been working so much more around football. I've kind of gone, actually, yes, this is my job now. Yes, it matters and it should matter. And I care deeply about Arsenal's fortunes. But if I'm not, if I'm always in a negative mindset, then why am I actually going? It's not any enjoyment to me. And look, we can be negative after a game. You get beaten embarrassingly. You'd be disappointed. You'd be frustrated. But I can't get around my, I can't get my head around people that will turn up to the Emirates on Saturday with that negative mindset. If that's the case, why are you going? I look forward to going to Arsenal all week. And I know there are lots of dedicated fans across the globe that don't have that luxury of being able to get in the car, going down the road 15, 20 minutes and being at Emirates. So I appreciate that and I value that. And I see, you know, and, and I see the positive side of it, at least before the game, after the game is a different kettle of fish. But if you don't have that positivity or that positive mindset, and it's not something you want to do, and it's not something to, you enjoy. What the hell are you wasting your time for? That's the way I see it. Uh, let's say just before we go, a massive welcome to Tezzy May, who's just signed up to be a member of the channel. Tezzy, thank you so, so much, mate. Make sure you click in the community tab and get the link to the Discord server. Come and join us over there for some Arsenal chat. There's some brilliant people in there as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, interacting with you over there. Uh, big thank you to Francis as well. He says, thanks for the balanced view. A section of the fans, unfortunately, have been caught in a cycle of negativity. Yeah. And look, it's not even just an, a thing exclusive to Arsenal fans, right? It's the way of the world nowadays. I hate it. It's like, you know, it's like every subject has to be so divisive. There has to be one extreme or the other and there is no middle ground anymore and people just talk to each other like shit on social media in the way um you know in the way that you would never talk to each other in in person and that for me uh is wrong it is really wrong uh another super chat which i have to pick up before uh we jump off uh tom thank you so so much mate for your very kind donation really appreciate it he says unsolicited feedback slash advice 
I can see you and Tom at the Guna Talk collaborating ongoing, much like Gunner Blog and Ask Blog. I already have you two as my go-to for rational discussions on the Arsenal. Massive fan of the work Tom does. Um, and when we do get the opportunity, we do uh, do stuff together, which is fantastic. And fingers crossed we can do a little bit more of that. Uh, over the course of this season. So thank you, Tom. Really, really appreciate the donation and the feedback and the advice. And uh, we'll make sure that we get you some more content across both channels uh, over the rest of the season. Right. I am going to leave it there because uh, I'm on babysitting duty uh, until I go to football later on. So uh, probably be more tired from that than running around for an hour. But it is what it is. Uh, it's father duties. What can you do? I'll catch you all very, very soon with some more Arsenal related content. We'll be back tomorrow with our lunchtime stream and we shall be looking ahead to that Norwich game. I'll be giving you my 11, the 11 that I think Mikel Arteta might pick. And we'll be talking a little bit about how that game might go. Until then, take care of yourselves. Enjoy your Thursday evening and I'll catch you all tomorrow. Ciao. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.